الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الاخلاء يومئذ بعضهم لبعض عدو الا المتقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اين قال الله تعالى اين المتحابون بجلالي اليوم اظلهم في ظل يوم لا ظل الا ظلي او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen brothers and sisters among the things that have a tremendous influence on our lives which have tremendous effect on our day to day actions which have a lot of impact on our thoughts our emotions the thing is that we are talking about is the circle of friends that we have the kind of friends that a person keeps it is not something restricted and confined to the time when friends will be together and having a grand time being very uh, excited and jovial and whatever else and then they will part and each one will go their own way and then that would all be done with until they meet the next time no it's not just that while it's obvious that generally in 99% of the cases friends do not spend every moment together 24/7 they would meet some meet maybe on a weekly basis some might we meet a little more often some might meet even on a daily basis like for example those who are in a madrasa in a schooling environment etc so they will meet perhaps their friends daily while they are in school while they are in madrasa but then at the end of the day they all gone in their own directions come the weekends or come the holidays then they perhaps might not see each other for weeks on end so friends are not all the time interacting with one another every moment but even if they are just meeting occasionally perhaps once a week little bit more often sometimes little lesser sometimes and they spending a few hours together spending some time together but then when they are finished off with that they when they finished off with that then they move on so in that short time that they have interacted what goes on in that time doesn't get finished in that time what goes on in that time it gets carried along when you go in your own direction so five friends got together and they spent an hour or two or they spent a longer time and they moved on after some time they will meet again maybe after one week two weeks but in that interim period while they were not with one another many a times what happened in that few hours while they were together it will carry along in that week and in those weeks that they didn't meet in which way 
For example, in the time that they were together, sometimes one person, mashallah, has a very, very dominant way of expressing some things. So now that person expressed some views, some ideas. So now, everybody went in their own direction. But after everybody was gone in their own direction, that views and ideas will linger in your mind as well. Now perhaps you might not have any such thought, have had any such thoughts before that. But now this is lingering in your mind. Now when this is lingering in your mind, you are going to perhaps act on some of it. Now to take a little bit more specific example, so we understand what we are talking about. One person, he had no inclination towards listening to music, nothing. And in fact he used to detest it. He used to detest this. He had no inclination to listening to music. Somehow he got caught up in a circle of friends. And it was not entirely that he had uh, chosen to do this. It was in some way that he was sort of forced into that situation. But now when he got into the circle of friends, when they would be together, then some of them would play some music on their phone or whatever it might have been. They would play some music. Now he was very averse to this. He used to detest it. But now in that circle he couldn't say anything. Because he felt he couldn't say anything. And he was the younger person in the group. So one or two also thought that this fellow might go and mention something somewhere else. So they in a very roundabout way sort of threatened him to say, dare you go and mention any, to anybody that this is what we do here. You just enjoy it and carry on. So initially he was detesting it. Now this used to be happening once a week only for about an hour that they were together. But he says after that gradually the detestation started diminishing. Now first week he was really hurt about it. Why they playing this music? But now it was his weakness that he should have moved away from there or broken off or made some plan or done something or the other or went and discussed it with somebody. He shouldn't have given in to those threats if they threatened him. That's just a ploy. Nobody can do anything. They just talk about it. But if a person has taken it to the authorities, or taken it to whoever can do something about it, inshallah nobody will do anything. But now he succumbed to that pressure. And now he wanted to be part of that circle as well. So the first time he was really detesting it. Then the second time also detesting it. The third time still detesting it but it had now been a little bit lesser and then it carried on getting a little bit lesser and more less and eventually he says I started listening with some inclination so all this while he wasn't listening to it it was just coming in his ears but he wasn't listening to it meaning deliberately he was so to say being forced to listen but after some weeks he started listening deliberately now when he started listening deliberately, now they were there for together for one hour. Then when he would be gone, after more weeks had passed like this, he would find opportunities of whatever sort to go and listen on his own somewhere. He would pay it on his own. Now where it started off from in that circle of friends, they were there together for one hour and they're gone. But now this is lingering with him. The time came when this became so deep, unfortunately so deep in his system, that he started saying that I can't, I couldn't do without it. 
I couldn't do without it. And anywhere and everywhere, that's what's playing in my mind. That's what's now, even if I'm in the masjid, that's what's running through my mind and heart. If I'm listening to some bayan also, but that is what's playing in my mind. And I'm paying, paying more attention to that what's in my mind than listening to the talk of deen. Now, can we imagine how far can this take a person? But it started off where, from this circle and group that he joined up, which now led to this situation. Another person was sitting in this group and circle of friends. He had no idea about these things. Somebody suddenly started speaking about some sites that they went on to. Now he heard this, it caught his attention, and he kept quiet, he didn't say anything. Now when everybody was gone, and he was gone in his direction too, the curiosity, he says, got the better of him, and he decided to go and search those sites. That became the first step of his downfall. And after a short while, he was already deeply involved in very serious problems, and matters and haram, and that just got deeper and deeper. And now when he would come and join this circle again and this group again, he'd said very innocently and very quietly, like he doesn't know what they're talking about. But he already got caught up in these things simply because of that kind of company that he kept. Now they said it one time, two times and they went away. But he got caught up full time in it. Now these are just two examples of how the effect and the impact of that company comes onto a person's life. And that company is for a short time, but the effects of that company is long term. That company will be, spend time with that company is for half an hour, one hour, two hours. But the effect of that is lasting for two days, two weeks, two months. And then Allah forbid sometimes it's just perpetual. So obviously this is a very, very serious matter. That a person has to be very conscious about who his company is, who's her friends, who she keeps ties with. Because on the day of Qiyamah, people who were bad company to each other, and that is unfortunately our problem, we say, no, this is my friend, that is my friend. We think others regard us as their friends. But the truth is sometimes, and most of the times, very far from that. Very few people are true and sincere friends. Otherwise, it's just selfish looking for excitement. People are all just selfish generally. Illa mashallah, many people are sincere also. But by and large, in these kind of circles, it's just selfish. Why? Because people choose friends who they call friends based on what is the extent of fun and excitement they can have with this particular friend. Now that person, for example, is a little bit wealthy. He can splash the money out. He can do things and take them around and do whatever else. So then now this is a very good friend to be with. Or this person is prepared to join in all the wrong that I'm doing. Give me company. So I'm doing something then he'll also join up in that wrong. So then this person is a good friend. But as soon as it seems like, no, this person, there's no more fun and excitement with him. He's become sick, for example. Something else. Forget about him now. Look for somebody else. That friendship just changes. Today it's somebody, then tomorrow somebody else, because this person now, I can't get that kind of fr friendship and excitement out of this person. There's no fun being in his company anymore. And that is why we are not even feeling comfortable to be in the company sometimes of our own parents, our aunts, uncles, 
other family people who are senior to us. See, now what I'm going to sit there, I get bored there. Whereas there's so much to benefit from the company of elders, from the company of people who are experienced, etc. But we just go haywire with everything. So that is a very major disaster. And that disaster comes from this, that there's no true values in us. Otherwise, we would have been choosing friends for the sake of their values. Friendship is to be based on values. That, mashallah, this person is a very pious person. This person has good akhlaq. This person, mashallah, is always wanting to help others. What a wonderful person to be with. Because now you'll also get helping in that mode of helping others. This person is always conscious of his salah or her salah. And therefore, if I'm going to be in her company, I'll also make my salah. This person, mashallah, is so enthusiastic about deen. So being in that company, I also get motivated towards deen. These are the values. These are the values to be, on which friendship is to be based. But now if these values are ignored, then it means we are choosing company and friendship, which is not based on values. So now to put it differently, that's a valueless friendship. So valueless friendship got no value in it. It's valueless. And that is the kind of friendship that will become a big problem on the day of Qiyamah. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Al-Akhillah, that friends. Al-Akhillahu yawma idhim ba'aduhum li ba'din adu. That the friends of this world on the day of Qiyamah will become enemies of each other. On the day of Qiyamah, this one friend will be saying to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, this other person, this is the person that led me to so much wrong. This is the person that invited me towards the haram. This is the person bought me that ticket. This is the person gave me that link. This is the person who was sharing that flash drive with me and told me, no, go and watch this and go and see that. And all the other things that go along with this. And in response, the other friend will say, but Ya Allah, he or she started off first. And she gave me all these other things to do. And she gave me those novels to read. And she did this and she did that. Now one is blaming the other, the other is blaming the first one. Can we imagine what can that be friendship when that friendship is going to turn to such enmity on the day of Qiyamah? And both are going to be cursing each other. And each one is going to be saying, Ya Allah, give this person double punishment. Because he led me or she led me into this haram. And that person in return will be saying, Ya Allah, you give him. Allah will say, both double punishment. So what kind of friendship can that be when the, on the day of Qiyamah is going to turn to this enmity. So anything with the end result is so disastrous, how can that in itself be something proper? How can that be something good? For example, if a person is doing something and the end result is going to be complete destruction, he's going to lose all his money, he's saying no, he's going to make an investment. But that investment is such, it's already known up front, that here all the money is going to get completely destroyed. So when the end result is going to be so destructive, how can the beginning also be any good in it? So if this is going to be the way that this kind of friendship is going to end, in reality it's never friendship. It is just selfishness. It is just selfishness. Each one is just trying to gain their own uh, excitement, gain their own this fun. But now who can they use for that fun and excitement? So whoever is ready to be come. Uh, be used up for that 
whatever, in whichever way they... So just because somebody else wants to now get into this wrong mode of life, they'll want to find somebody or the other to join them in that wrong mode of life. But all this is going to turn to severe enmity on the day of Qiyamat. So on the day of Qiyamat, those friends will be with, together who were true friends in dunya. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah wasallam says, about, mentions about the seven categories of people who will gain the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamat. Among those seven categories of people, one category is Rajulani Tahabba Fillah, Ijtama'a Alay wa Tafarraqa Alay. The two people who loved each other for the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone. In other words, their love and affection, their friendship was not based on any selfish motives. It was not based on any haram. It was not based on just mere worldly motives. It was based purely on the love of Allah Ta'ala. That because this person is close to Allah Ta'ala, apparently from what I can see, this person is a good person. This person is a dini conscious person. So if I join this person, inshallah, I too will become like this. So on the basis of muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala. So now this muhabbat for the person is also part of the muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala. So now that person who, those two people who meet each other, they love each other solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, they meet on this basis, they depart on this basis. In other words, their meeting is also pure, it is clean, it is based purely on this dini motivation and love. It is not based on any, uh, anything to do with nafs, anything to do with any other evil, any vice. Then, and they depart on this also, on this clean and pure note, then this is something that they will, it will take them further on, and on the day of Qiyamat, because this friendship was so sincere in this dunya, on the day of Qiyamat, they will be under the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala. This is an extremely great bounty. But the source of this bounty was, their sincere friendship in dunya. Not based on just fun and excitement of dunya based on true values. So such people, in fact, in the Hadith Sharif, Hadith Qudsi, Rasulullah Wasallam says that Allah Ta'ala will ask on the day of Qiyamat, Aina al-mutahabbuna bijalali. We are those people who loved each other because of my sake, due to me, meaning out of their love for me, out of their love for my deen, they loved each other on that basis. And then Allah Ta'ala Himself will declare, Today I will give them a special place under the shade of my arsh when there will be no other shade but this. So Allah Ta'ala Himself will call out to give them the special place. Now this is that very great and important lesson that that company will not just be confined the effects of that company will not just be confined for the duration of that meeting. It will go far beyond that. And it can sometimes become very, very influential in a person's life. The uh, various discussions that took place in that time, the ideas that were exchanged, whatever might have been done in that time, all that will carry along after everybody has dispersed from there and gone in their own directions. If it was good, that good will carry along. If it was negative, 
that negative will carry along. So therefore, we need to be very, very cautious about this, very careful about it. Sometimes that's one line, one line that somebody drops, it just hits like a bombshell in somebody's heart. Now that person is gone in a whole different direction. One person heard somebody speaking about one movie. Now he decided to go and watch it himself, in his own time. He started to go and watch it somewhere, and that became the catalyst for him to get addicted to these movies. Now that one line became such a disaster. Somebody went and watched something because somebody else told them they watched it. They went and watched it, the aqidah got corrupted. The aqidah got corrupted, and from where to where? Can we imagine aqidah getting corrupted? So this friendship is a very, very delicate thing, very sensitive. But unfortunately, we just keep chasing fun. We just keep chasing excitement. We just want to do that which we don't get bored anywhere. Whereas there's nothing like boredom. Boredom is all in the mind. A person who has attached himself to the material fun and excitement, that person will get bored. Because that material fun and excitement can never be giving that satisfaction to a person. He'll never give it. So for a short while, it'll appear that this is very exciting, but then what? Now then a person needs something else. Then that something else must also get a little bit more intense. Because that's not giving the same level of excitement anymore. It starts fizzling out. So till when will a person carry on like this? But when a person has attached himself to Allah Ta'ala, and his heart is attached to Allah Ta'ala, then there's no such thing like boredom. There is no such thing like boredom. It might sound very strange to us, but the Ahlullah tells us this, that there is no such thing like boredom thereafter. Boredom is the furthest thing away from their lives. They will say, boredom? What kind of boredom? When a person is, for example, in front of a dastarkhan, now there's a dawat, and the dastarkhan is all laid out, and everything is now already laid out, unlike the style that is often the case, that now one thing will be there, then that one thing finished off, then the second thing will come, and then that is finished off, then the third thing will come. One person went for one dawat somewhere, and then the first thing came, so mashallah, he ate nicely, but that first thing then was followed by a second thing. So then now he had a little bit place left, so he had a little bit more. Then by the time the third thing came, he was already done. So now he asked that person, you know, he say, he mentioned to the person, no, I can't manage anymore now, I already eaten my full. I didn't know something else is still coming. He said, no, there's still another half a dozen things coming. So now in the second round, he already finished whatever he could. So that's not the correct manner of doing things. It's to put it in front of the mehman, in front of the guest. Then whatever his heart is inclined to, he will have some of it, he'll have some of everything maybe, so he can, that now the person went out of his way and he prepared so much for him, so now he'll taste a little bit of everything. So in any case, that's the style now, that one one thing comes at a time, but let's just, inshallah, we take an example now, somebody, mashallah, did it the right way, they put everything down on the dasarkhan, now this person came and he's now seeing this, so one minute this is attracting his eye, one minute that is taking his mind, so he's tasting something from here, and then he's tasting something from there, and tasting something else. So now for that duration that he's eating, obviously he's got a limit there now. He can only digest so much. So after he's eaten his full, then he don't want to look at it anymore. But during that time while he's still there and still hungry, will such a person be bored in the, in the presence of that Dasar Khan, a hungry person? 
and all the food to his liking, all the delicacies that he keeps uh, thinking about and wishing for, and all those delicacies are all just laid out in front of him, for that duration until finally he's reached his full, which should not be the case that we overeat, but now this person, we just take as an example, any one of us, would we even experience one iota of boredom in that time? Now the person ate for 10 minutes, 5 minutes for example, ate 2-3 things, now there's so many things all still in front, and he's still hungry too, and he's saying, no, but I'm bored now. Have you ever heard something like that? Somebody ever say something like that, he says he's bored now. See, this fellow here has gone overboard now. What kind of, how can this person be bored now, this Dasar Khan with all these delicacies, you know, it's a day of Eid, and uh, everything is all laid out, and all what he has been, you know, all his favorites, and he's hungry also. He says, no, no, he's not bored, something's wrong with him, he's sick. How can he be bored on the Dasar Khan, on the day of Eid, with all these delicacies which he craves for? He's not bored, he's sick. So likewise, the Ahlullah, all the Amal, is like all the delicacies laid out on the Dasar Khan for them. It's the Nafil Salah, there's some Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, there's some Durud Sharif, there's some Zikr, there's Dua, there's that munajat maqbul that they have, there's the 40 Durud and Salam that they have, there's reading some Kitab that they have, there's one Amal after the other, and the difference is, that on the Dasar Khan of the food, after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, the person don't want to look at it, because he can't take any more now. He's full to the brim. And on this dastarkhan of the amal of deen, when a person has developed the taste of it, there is no satiation. There is no point where a person now becomes full to the brim. In fact, the more he takes, he wants even more. He says that, how can I... Like that sahabi who was reciting Quran Sharif in his salah, and he was attacked, an arrow came and pierced him, the blood is oozing, and he said, but how can I stop this salah? And he's carrying on with his recitation of uh, Surah Kahf in that Salah. But then he just gets concerned that in case I lose too much blood, now that's a different aspect, what's a masla? If the blood flows, perhaps at that time yet the law had not yet been in place. But now he got concerned, if I lose too much blood, maybe then I mustn't happen, I lose consciousness and I might collapse. But then now I'm on guard duty. Then I might compromise the security. So as a result of that, he quickly completed his salah and woke his, his uh, companion up. But now the point was that even that arrow piercing him, that too could not deter him immediately from that recitation of Quran Sharif. It was only the concern of the safety of Rasulullah that made him terminate the salah. This was like a dastar khan laid out for him. And he was savoring every morsel of it. So... The Ahlullah don't ever experience the bottom, the word bottom, where in their vocabulary is the word bottom? Where in their vocab, in the dictionary it doesn't exist. If you turn in the dictionary and the V, V, O, V, O, C, uh, well, uh, B, B, O, after B, O, there'll be some other words there, but bottom, bottom is not, not existing in the dictionary. So, bottom comes because we're chasing dunya excitement and we haven't attached ourselves to Allah Ta'ala as we should. Alhamdulillah, every mu'min is attached, but that attachment is still of a very weak nature. When that attachment grows to the point that it should be at least, that minimum point, for gaining that connection with Allah Ta'ala, 
then boredom boredom goes out of the dictionary, out of the vocabulary. Then a person is forever at peace with Allah Ta'ala. Challenges of dunya come, go, but boredom, there's no such word. And when there's no such word as boredom, then a person is very conscious about who I should select as friends. Because he's not chasing fun and excitement now. He's not just chasing that now, you know, no, where I'm going to get this fun, where I'm going to get this excitement. He is now looking for values. Because that's part of his dastarkhan now. Where there's good values. So we have to be more conscious about who we choose as friends, what kind of company we keep. All these things become very influential in our life. And if we do not take care about these things, Allah forbid, as time passes, we get caught up in so many things. Then now when a person sometimes wants to get out of that circle, out of that group, that itself becomes such an issue. And then getting out of those problems and difficulties that we put ourselves in, Allah Ta'ala protect us sometimes, that becomes a major problem. So, we need to be very conscious, very careful. We sometimes feel, but how can I break somebody's heart? You know, the person is teaching us wrong, the person is inviting us wrong. Say, no, but I want to break somebody's heart. We shouldn't break people's hearts deliberately, without reason. But before considering that, we must make sure we don't break our deen. Then within that limit, we don't break anybody's heart. But if it's going to be a choice between breaking somebody's heart or breaking our deen, so the intention will not be to break somebody's heart, but we'll look after our deen. Then if somebody else, they, their heart gets broken because we're saving our deen, then now we can't get uh, caught up in that. Somebody says, look, if you don't allow me to steal your wealth, I'll be heartbroken. You don't allow me to, you know, hijack your car and take it away, I'll be so heartbroken. So you see now, oh, this person is going to be so heartbroken, so now let him steal my wealth, let him hijack my car. Allah forbid somebody will say now, you know, if you don't let me kidnap your child, I'll be heartbroken. Any sane person can say, you know, how can I let this person's heart break? Say, you want to break your heart, let it break one billion times. How can I ever allow you to do this? This will never happen. So is our deen not so valuable to us that for the sake of somebody's feelings, we allow our deen to get trampled, allow our deen to break? No, no, no. Our deen is the most valuable thing to us. So we will not deliberately do something to break somebody's heart, but we look after our deen first. We look after our connection with Allah Ta'ala first. Then the connections with others within that connection with Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala fully and we become His true and obedient servants and become very careful about the circle of friends we keep. Otherwise this will become... If it's the wrong circle of friends, it can become a major problem for us. And inshallah, we keep the right circle of friends. That will become a great help and a boon for us. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا وغلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير 
واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله